0: Welcome back to the Souls and Stardust podcast. I'm Mio.
1: And I'm Shannon.
0: Uh, we're going to be talking about deconstruction and rebuilding your spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, we want to thank all of you for the messages, review, purchasing Oracle Deck, um, being a part of our collective membership where we have our online classes and our private readings. So, we are very grateful that you guys have signed up and supported in every way, shape, and form. So, we're excited to
1: be here. Yes, we are. It's been a little bit since we've recorded. So, we're excited to be back at it again.
0: Yes, we are two very, very busy uh, moms, healers, Mm -hmm. all of that
1: surviving life.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, you said deconstruction and rebuilding your spiritual practice. So maybe we should give a little bit of a background on what deconstruction is. First, this is our disclaimer that everything that we're going to talk about
0: on today's episode or this little series, if it ends up being multiple, um, based on our true stories and our personal experiences, and so in no way, shape, or form, Are we shaming, guilting, condemning anybody personally uh, for your belief systems? We're literally just explaining what we've been through, what we've come out of, and how it affects us today Mm -hmm. in our own spiritual practice on a daily routine and how we also help our clients and friends. So with that being said.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we just want to enter into this discussion as open-hearted as and open-minded as possible and we hope that you can meet us in that space in that regard because like what are the topics that people avoid in in big discussions? Religion and politics. politics. Yes so we're not talking about politics today but well I mean religion can be political so but we are going to be talking about Um, existence within a certain framework and philosophy sometimes that is a religion sometimes it's some other form of spirituality that has certain parameters so we would just like to discuss how that actually becomes embedded and ingrained within you many times from a young age and then how it shapes the way you become and how you move through the world and whether or not that's In your best and highest good, as you're growing and learning and experiencing yourself and yourself as something, you know, part of something bigger than just you. So, uh, should we talk about what deconstruction is?
0: Yeah. So, um, let's see. The, I guess it depends on who you ask, right? Um, (laughs) I'm going to look up the actual definition though. Because you can also deconstruct a recipe, right? Yes. (laughs) You can deconstruct a lot of things. The undoing of what has been constructed or done. So it's the undoing of something. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So breaking down piece by piece, your belief systems and philosophies about life and existence in order to see what is true for you how it resonates for you and maybe to heal from it. And we can talk about some examples of how being a part of something that is a major philosophy or set of beliefs can be damaging in certain ways. So deconstruction Mm -hmm. would be like breaking that down so you can see it for what it is and be able to move forward in a different way it's like
0: coming out of a bad relationship and realizing like how unhealthy your way of living actually had become. And you weren't even aware of it because it was like packaged and pretty in a nice little bow. And you thought, you know, you thought it was doing, you thought it was going good. Right. Mm -hmm. You just didn't know any better. Yeah. You just didn't know any better. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are born into entire belief systems and families who have, um, are very adamant, uh, or very deep rooted in their family of um religion, culture, and traditions. Tradition, yeah. I was, yep. what's the other word? Yeah. Tradition. Yep. There we go. So it's just fascinating how much <laughs> that can like how deep that can go and how how oftentimes when you actually talk to people, they don't resonate with the same belief systems that their families hold or mm-hmm. have once held. And they're like no, but I'm not really practicing. It's like, because they knew somewhere along the line that something wasn't right
1: mm-hmm. for
0: them, for them, yeah, for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything w- that we talk about is very personal experience. Mm-hmm. Cause we understand that, you know, your, your soul having a human experience. And, um, we'll talk about this in a second also, but when you do Reiki or when I do mediumship, like people show us what does and doesn't matter on spiritual and soul levels because it was like oh well this is another part of that human's experience this is another part of their character yeah this is you know um yeah so all right where do you want to start oh I mean we already kind of started but
1: we did already kind of start
0: we I know in the very very first episode we shared
1: our Our experiences so
0: I don't think we need to go like super deep but you want to just do a quick little recap of like
1: where you come from? <laughs> yeah. Um I can go ahead and start with that. So I grew up in a religious family. Uh, I was raised Catholic and I went to Catholic school all the way through college. So my first experiences in a public school or a state school was when I went to graduate school. So it was very very different for me. Um And it's a long line of Catholicism for my family, several generations of very devout Catholic, you know, very strong in their beliefs and practices and rituals. And so that is my spiritual background. Um, I do remember when I was really small, sitting in church and thinking to myself as I was listening that they're not telling us everything. And that was something that I couldn't get beyond even I think I was probably like five or six when I started Mm -hmm. to have those thoughts. And I would ask questions about it. And of course, you get like, the standard, it's just how it is, or it's just how God made it. Or, you know, you get the, you get the canned response that Mm -hmm. doesn't give you any answer. It's just the end all be all well, that's just how it is. And for me, I just couldn't accept that as uh, the whole truth. And I just felt inside of me that there is something that's missing, like some part of the story that's missing or context or just a lot of things didn't make sense to me. And as I grew older, going to church with my family, going to Catholic school, I kind of became a little rebellious. I I would ask questions in a defense. Like def- what? <laughs> like def- what Shannon? <laughs> in a defensive way. <laughs> I just would get really kind of, um, is ask how, just, just ask yeah, how on some I of would, those things. <laughs> I would venture to say that I became a little bit antagonistic about some of the things that we would have to do. And no one could really ever tell me why that was necessary. Like, why do we say that in response to what the priest says? Or why do we have to wear white at our first communion? Or why do we even have to do the whole confirmatory process? And, um, and it was always supposed to be about choice, but none of us had a choice. We were all doing it because that was the next step that you had to do. So... I never was able to get answers about why does it happen this way or, or, who made God or, you know, what is with these stories that we read about how, how can they say the earth is only 7,000 years old when mm-hmm. we have all of these things. And, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of a pain in the ass that way. Damn. And especially, and especially Good. in co- you should, college, you should <laughs> in college. I had I'm this. Glad. I had this world religions teacher in college and I was that person in class where I, he was, I think a pastor somewhere, but he was married. So, um, he, he was a great teacher, but I, every day I'd be that one in class where I'd be like, well, but you have to explain that. Like, how is that even possible? Or why would a belief like that have faith, any legs to stand out? <laughs> I was a big pain in the ass, um, in a very Libra diplomatic way. I, I, mind you must tell you that Yeah. I eventually got to the point where I, I knew it wasn't right for me because I wasn't getting, there were too many holes in the story for me to feel like I could put my faith in something with that was missing pieces mm-hmm. Um, And I've always been like a big cosmic thinker. Like I was always thinking on the scale of the universe and how everything work works. Well, you're moon
0: in Aquarius, right?
1: I am. Oh yeah. In like the eighth house. Right. So I just, Oh yeah. 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 So no one could ever explain to me, you know, why it worked the way it did and how it even, how that could even make sense. So I eventually was just like, I need to go find answers somewhere else. And I started reading about Eastern religions and those spoke to me. So Taoism, Buddhism, you know, turning into the self to find peace and calm and detachment and uh, reverence for self as you are being in the world that made a lot more sense to me. And that kind of tripped like my whole dive Mm -hmm. into spirituality after that. So yeah, and then I came here we are. Yeah, I came across (laughs) like magic. And I love my journey that way. Um, Yes. I came across the book Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. And I know we've talked about that book before, but it seriously was a game changer for me because I read it and I was like, holy shit this is how I know it works. Like, this is uh-huh. how I felt it has always worked and how nobody could tell me that this is the way it was because it was. it's information that uh, we all hold in our subconscious at the soul level, but it's just waiting to be discovered. Like we come here with amnesia, right? So no one's going to remember that their soul is fully conscious and knows all these inner workings of the universe because we choose to forget that stuff when we come here so we can live. An experienced her feeling but I read that book and I was like okay now I know now I'm like validated in myself and I know these are these this is the beginning of finding the pieces that were missing for me so mm-hmm. and that's how we are here that's how I am here I I your okay
0: your turn. Okay. So I my mom was Jewish, my dad was Roman Catholic, but he took off, so it was more of the Jewish influence of my life growing up. Um but it was a cocky, we're God's chosen people so like Everything's gonna be okay because I'm in VIP, right? Like VIP. <laughs> you're a gentile. I'm a Jew. Like we're good. <laughs> so sad for you, but <laughs> so. And you, even one of my best friends today, uh, Patricia will joke about like you were just, just this Jewish girl in in high school, and I remember praying for your heart. Like <laughs> I remember praying for you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so, anyways, grew up Jewish. But it was very like what would be the equivalent of a Christian that is just like Christmas and Easter Christian,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: it's like, you know, we did Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Passover, all the, the holidays, but like that's it. That, mm-hmm. And we read all the stories growing up. So it was like, of course I know about Moses. Of course I know about all the Old Testament stuff. But it was just old stories to me. Mm-hmm. I, I knew God was real. I knew angels were real. I just, because I had felt them and I had um, yeah, intuitively known and felt that that was real. And then later on in life, when I was like dating a drug dealer, um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, i telling you, I'm going to tell my life story one day. I of course was working with my sister at a credit union and we get invited to church and Bible study, which is basically colonization. Um, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Like not realizing that the road to hell is truly paved with good intentions. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in hell, Right I was just gonna say I, if I don't that. anymore <laughs> I don't anymore because I feel like Earth is fucking hell. Like this yeah. is enough hell for me mm-hmm. the the mental and the interior as well as like the shit that goes on around us I'm like this is I think this is as bad as it gets because every time I tune into somebody else's energy they talk about how fucking good it is outside of Earth and why they don't want to come back to their body yeah. here. <laughs> how hard
1: it is here it's hard
0: here that's the, the and even all the near-death experience rabbit holes i've gone down and watched all the documents all they talk about is like i don't want to go back in my body it's it's heavy it's hard yeah. it hurts yeah it's so nice it's so cool over here like why would i want to go back but anyways mm-hmm. okay so blah 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 uh air quote got saved went down that extreme transformational of like i gave my life to jesus but not realizing how fucked up you really have to be to totally devote your entire life to just like, I'm so fucked up that I got to go and t- take on this entirely new uh, belief system and how to dress and how to act. I literally jumped into this culture is like a gang.
1: What, like, well, what was the what was the motivating factor? Like, what was that turning point for you where you you entered into that
0: boyfriend, I uh, got raided. We got raided by the cops. Boyfriend went to jail. Um, it was just like, things were kind of falling apart mm-hmm. in my life. Like, which rightfully so, like that was the universe doing its thing now mm-hmm. looking back on it. Right. But what I didn't like about that version of me was how easy it was for me to get sucked up in the whirlwind of this culture and mm-hmm. community, and how quickly they get their grips on you once you enter the church. Of like, now you got to tithe and give us your money, and now you gotta, you know, come to all these groups because you're so broken. And they remind you of your brokenness so much that it was like, oh, that was awful on my mental health. Which I know we we're going to talk about with yeah. some of the questions we're going to ask, but
1: do you feel um, it was like a certain community? Cause I feel like there are lots of different types of communities that are Christian or Catholic, right. And they can right. all have their own little personalities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, their own structure. So do you feel like what you got involved in was just a bit more extreme?
0: Okay. In terms of levels in like Christianity, it, it wasn't traditional, like Baptists. But it was still non-denominational evangelical. Oh, that's
1: pretty significant. But it
0: it wasn't um, what's it called? It wasn't a church where like you walk in and everyone's fucking Holy Ghost passing out on the ground. And, okay, like, so like, like that. Ex- it wasn't that that level of extreme that way. So it yeah. wasn't cold and dry like Baptist where you can't dance and touch each other. But it wasn't fucking Benny Hinn or whatever that fucker's name was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> falling and <in> like. <laughs> I get it. So, like the very charismatic, very charismatic. Over the top. There we go. There yeah. we go. Charismatic.
0: Yep. I was like, there. I'm brain farting on the word, but <laughs> it was still very like you share your faith and you invite people to church, and it it was an MLM of sorts. Yeah, evangelical. You know? Because mm-hmm. evangelicals are um, the, the system and the structure is very much set up to sales and marketing.
1: Yeah, recruitment.
0: In, recruitment in business and commissions and percentages of things. Cause basically what you're doing is you're making money and then you're cutting the church commission of your money. You're literally your tithe is your fucking commission. You're paying to the church. That happens wow. to be a tax write-off because of how it's all set up. But
1: anyways, um <laughs> so you got involved at a time of your life that was uh felt chaotic. I needed a fresh
0: I needed a fresh start and they promised that this was the way to do it. Jesus was the way, the truth, the life. And this was the only way I could have a fresh start. Nobody Mm -hmm. told me, hey girl, you know, you could just go to therapy and like,
1: yeah,
0: get healthy and not hang around these assholes anymore and you'll actually be okay. Mm -hmm. But instead what happened was I I got sucked into the belief system of like, oh, well now I have this purity culture and now I have these other toxic things where it's coded and we just care about you, but it's rooted in girl, what's going on with you? Spill the tea so we can yeah, pray for you. But it's yeah. still it's still gossip. It's still mm-hmm. um, very much uh, like hand in my pocketbook. Hmm. You, get a, you get a raise at work. Well, that means your tithe is going up. Wow. Like it's shit like that right. to the point where, you know, even that pastor left and came back and was like, want to do life together with everybody suddenly and start a brand new church up again out here. And I'm like,
1: yeah, you told me about no, that. I'm good. I'm I'm
0: churched out, boo. But if you need a witch, <laughs> just if you need a witch of Endor, you Need a you need a psychic chick who creates oracle decks and actually helps people one on one with their spiritual experience and help them heal mm-hmm. from the shit that they're caught
1: up on. I'm your girl. So uh-huh. how long? Because I feel like this is not an abnormal story, right? So when people are mm-hmm. going through hard things they get introduced to or come back to God or to that it's predatory
0: it's like predatory lending right it's very predatory in a way where you're taught to see people in trouble and need and invite them to church because this is the answer
1: Hmm. that was that was what you were experiencing yeah,
0: but it's also how you're kind of low-key conditioned in there to yeah. eva- evangelize. Like I would agree. Up, yeah, evangelizing is marketing, right? And so what better way to find people who need Jesus other than the broken? Because they they embed it in there, of like, Jesus, he, you know, how Jesus heals. And he goes, he goes into, he hangs out with the prostitutes and the hookers and it's not. And it's just yeah. like,
1: That, I think, that I think is an interesting (laughs) point, right? So when people are really low and going through their stuff, it seems like it's easier to quote unquote, find God or come to a religious community because it offers support. It offers, Mm -hmm. well, really salvation. So, right saving them from themselves saving them from their sinner self saving them from right. any kind any kind of like thing that they've done that they feel bad about or guilty or um you know having something to be- believe in serves a purpose right so right so
0: absolutely all of that but but
1: i understand what you're saying that some of those experiences can be very unhealthy Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had been part of church communities that were very loving and supportive, and I didn't feel like I was being Manipulated, other than because like, it's it's low key. It's yeah, low key other, manipulation. Yeah. Other than like the <laughs> set of constructs where you're like, well, why do I have to do that <laughs> kind of thing? But but the people that I had met, you know, oh, they're great many, people. Many of them have been very loving and and just and some of path. them are
0: my best friends to to this day. Some of them yeah. are still like in my life and and very. So I I'm not discounting the people and the experiences that have come and loving lovingly. And luckily some of these people have also deconstructed and us going through the process together has actually brought us closer in yeah. friendship because now there are no more boundaries and these set of rules that we live by and shame ourselves and guilt ourselves. Yes. So we're actually happier people to be around. Yes. Yes. Um, the thing that you mentioned was, um, When this, this point in my life, I didn't need somebody to tell me I was inherently a sinner. Yeah, I didn't need to get beat over the head over and over again and tell me how fucking awful I was and how bad I was and how dirty I was and how I just needed to be covered in the blood of Jesus. No motherfuckers. I needed therapy. I needed therapy. (laughs) I might've needed medication. I needed retreat I needed solitude I needed to turn off worship music and learn to sit in my silence and I sit, needed
1: and sit to in your yeah.
0: yeah I didn't need to get swept up in a, a different kind of relationship so I left one controlling relationship where I was with somebody for a few years and things were cool for you know a minute but I didn't realize how controlling certain things were um certain behaviors and stuff like that yeah and it's like then I got pregnant and, um, I got an abortion. And so that was very taboo to get an abortion in the mm-hmm. church, but I was like, I have to do it. I had to do like, yeah. sorry. Right. Which later on in the, then the pastor had me write a letter to the church that he read quote anonymously in front of everybody on their, uh, don't get an abortion day, what? basically sermon day. Like, Oh girl, girl, <laughs>
1: I didn't know that part of your journey. I didn't oh, realize yeah. that happened. So I
0: had to to tap into and into that part and That's rejustify.
1: Yeah.
0: Rejustify and frame and try cuz I knew what he was trying to do. I knew the message he was tr- trying so of course I was trying to pacify and frame my story in a way filled with regret when in actuality you were relieved. <laughs> thank you. I was like, I was with somebody who used to punch holes in the wall, like, and yell at me for fucking onions on his burger or not having onions on his burger. Like, Mm -hmm. like, honestly, you have no idea. I had my dad, my dad was a cop come with two of his cop friends and they stood, uh, they went to my house and they stood out front and they kept his ass outside. So I can grab all my shit, get in my dad's car and fucking go move into my parents' house. Wow. So then to have me, can you write a letter to the church talking about your abortion experience? All of that's tied into my abortion experience because I got an abortion and moved out in the same fucking weekend. Yeah. I got the fuck out. A lot of and
1: trauma.
0: There's a lot of trauma tied mm-hmm. in and you can't just wipe trauma clean with Jesus. You couldn't just wipe the shit I had gone through, the drive-by shooting, you know, the, the, like father abandonment wounds and trying mm-hmm. to pacify that with a Jesus story and the God is your father now. So everything's okay. Mm-hmm. When it's not, if it still bothers you and it still fucking hurts your heart, some of these little churchy answers, like, isn't what I needed. I needed yeah. to process everything, Yep, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not blaming them for my lack of self-care, but it's like grooming somebody. When somebody's that vulnerable and they're easily manipulated and they're literally going, I just gave up all my friends and family to be in this church because my mom stopped talking to me for two years. Yeah, I was gonna I ask
1: you about that. Yeah.
0: My mom said I was gonna burn in hell because I was born Jewish. So it was a double whammy. So it was a double fucking whammy. Oh my God. So goodness. it was like, which we're totally fine now. We're totally yes. good now. Yeah. We both are very spiritually open and we have conversations of spiritual shit all the time. So it's yeah. not like that at all. Uh, it was heavily influenced by my grandma because she was old school Jewish. And so there was a lot of pressure on my mom from her. So it's fine. Right. But Mm -hmm. the fact of like, you're Jewish, you're going to burn in hell, blah, blah, blah. Like it hurt me, but it also, because I was in a bad relationship, she also didn't want to see me in that relationship, Mm -hmm. unhappy and hurting and being controlled. Like she did mention that to me. So as a mom, I fully understand that now. Yep. So it was a lot of things happening at once. Yeah. So it, it was very like, you can't, drug, you can't date the drug dealer boyfriend and go to church and get saved at the same time with the whole new, because what happened was one of the guys from church, of course, it wasn't a fucking woman that called to check up on me and leave a voicemail to, Hey, just checking in to see how things are going. Of course it was a fucking man. You do that to a household where you're being in controlled by your boyfriend and it was a fucking fight. Who's this guy calling? Why is he calling? Why is he leaving messages? Why does he care about you? Like, like stupid little things that you're like,
1: yeah, put you in in danger. mm -hmm.
0: Like if he was physical with me, that could have easily been a slap in the face. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But instead I had to defend myself, you know? Right. Oh, it's just a guy Mm -hmm. from church. It's just one of the guys who, you know, it's there like some people, which, so yes, I'm glad I, I'm glad I've got out of both of those, actually. I'm glad I got out of the church and I'm glad I got out of that relationship.
1: I'm glad you did too, because we wouldn't be here doing this if you hadn't.
0: Well, but the thing about the last part about relationships in church in my story, because it was so ingrained after that, that now there's this purity culture, you don't want to burn mm-hmm. with a passion. You don't just go and have sex with people, which on one hand, yeah, I do understand. And, it, and I understand now on an energetic level for mm-hmm. me personally, my own personal, uh, I don't want to energetically exchange shit with people who yeah. aren't grounded or healthy for me or anything mm-hmm. like that. Cause I don't want those ties. But back then the reason for not wanting to have sex with people was because you had to keep yourself pure for your husband and that is bullshit because what if you got assaulted what if you were molested what if you were ex anything right yeah. how dare you call somebody unpure and unclean because of something that happened to them and how dare you define virginity as somebody sticking a fucking penis inside of you
1: yeah
0: so it was very much like my inner, I don't know, my inner woman roar, my inner feminist. I don't Yeah. Your Lilith is coming I out. <laughs> I don't even fully identify with any labels, really. I just, I know what I feel and I've freaking outspoken about it. Yes, yeah. that, that Leo rising, right? The Taurus sun is just like, and we're a bull. You're going to
1: you know, feel it.
0: Yeah. So all of that, don't want to burn with passion, uh, blah, 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 blah. So when i met sam and we met online it was like oh fuck we better get married fast we gotta get married fast if you're going to if we're going to live together like you got to be married to me because i wow i lived with that other guy before and i was like see look at because of how basically they're like well that's what happens when you live with someone outside of marriage that type of like
1: oh my see that's the kind of flawed logic, logic where i would have been like How, 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 (laughs) because, because in the happily ever after
0: you get married, you have your kids, like you save yourself for marriage, blah, 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 blah. And then you live this happy life when it's not true. When you talk to tons of women that are like in this awful fucking marriage within the church and they're like, my dude's an asshole or he's emotionally abusive or he's fucking crazy. And Mm -hmm. or narcissists. There's a lot of fucking narcissism in the church. Um, and within these marriages, because it's so ingrained, like you, you know, you submit and the men are the leaders and the men are the head, the men are this. And it's like, how about you shut the fuck up and realize that in some of our cultures growing up, some of our ancestry? No, the women mm -hmm. run shit, the matriarchs run it, the mothers run it. A -hmm. mother will outrun a man in anything. All you got to do is see, look how, how he feels when he's sick and look at a mom. <laughs> so to try to put women underneath anybody that was instantly in my bones of like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. I would agree because, with you. Yeah, the, yeah. I was like, the women in my family are strong as fuck. They would like, you want me to sit here and evangel- or evangelize to my Jewish grandmother, please. You want me to tell my Jewish grandma she's going to hell for not believing in Jesus. Do you know what she's going to tell me in five languages?
1: In five. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. So Sorry. no, <laughs> you, uh, cause when I first met you, you were still meeting with women, I think from your church, right? I think you would have like evenings where church ladies would come over so I've known you for like five years now. I think this fall is five years. So back in the Bay Area. So, okay. When I was in Vegas
0: before I moved to the Bay. So that was like my early twenties is when I was like heavy in the church. I was there doing the audio visual stuff, giving all my free time, giving my time and talents for damn near free, all the things that they do to exploit your talents yeah. and your time for not paying you. Um, and you know how I feel about that shit now. So I do, (laughs) that was before. And then when I moved to the Bay, I had a church that we went to, but it was like a mega church. And so Mm -hmm. we kind of got sucked up into the crowd. We had a a young marriage group that we were able to like meet some really cool couples through. And then even through the young marriage group was like, Oh shit, this, this couple stopped attending because he's cheating on her. And like, so it was like still shit. It was still the same shit. Yeah. So then we moved to Oakland and became too far to try to drive out to Livermore and just and then I moved out to Vallejo. And I, I just never felt like I needed to find a church because it just felt like actually I'm kind of happy having my weekends to myself. I'm kind of mm-hmm. happy not having to donate all my time for free or in the nursery or you know, listening to the pastor. Like, why is this guy in charge? You know, like that kind of shit, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It just, yeah. So it was a natural. Uh, like
1: growing away from growing
0: that. away. So when I came back to Vegas in uh, what was it, like 2018, the women that I would have come to my house were from my like old church days. Like one was my kind of church mom, older sister, slash, like um, still love and respect very, very much. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, these are fan, this is family. My sister would come over and then like another one of their church lady friends who they were all doing great work, right? Mm-hmm. They're all participating, doing like in in the prisons, yeah, sharing Jesus, like doing stuff in the community. So it's like I see the goodness in people's hearts. Right. I see individually how people can just shine a beautiful light and help other people. Mm-hmm. And they're healers. But I also see how they don't need the church to be that person Yep, they would be that way with or without the church
1: right so that makes sense yeah faith you know faith in a religious sense I see it as a means to an end right so it serves its purpose of giving us something to believe in and something to look toward as a north arrow you know setting parameters around what is moral and what isn't but you can do all of those things without mm-hmm. the religious construct in place i do recognize for so many how it is a community and a philosophy that supports their life in a way that gives them hope or something to look toward um, mm-hmm. for for meaning so a lot of people like they're just really afraid of life like what life is they're afraid of Death. A lot and, of people are afraid of death. Yeah. And then and then faith or religion gives them some sort of solace or reassurance that if you follow these rules, you'll go to a good place when you pass away. And if you don't, then you go here, right? So that's very interesting to me. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard so many people say like that the Bible doesn't even reference hell, um, like before it was um, Hades, before it was changed. shall shall I
0: can't s h e o l It's like so like in the Jewish culture, right? It's like the, the depths of the bosom of darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they paint these pictures, even in like Revelation and like all these other stories in the Bible talk about, you know, the lake and the gnashing of teeth and the, the fire. And they speak of these things. But when I do mediumship work and I talk to dead people, mm-hmm. they don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there have been countless people under hypnotic regression that also say the same thing that hell is not actually a real place. It's um it's only when you transition, it's only a place of love and mm-hmm. support. And it's, you know, you get to see how you were in a school of learning, and then you go on to the next phase of you know, healing from that and then planning your next iteration, however yeah. you're needed. In
0: my regression. So I've done multiple, right. Not the one that I did with you, but the a little shorter one, yeah. I saw myself die and I was instantly outside of my body. There was this no transition. It was like, bloop, bloop. It was mm-hmm. like blinking and like, and there I am. Oh, now I'm looking at myself. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, And then that's what it's like with the near-death experience people also Mm -hmm. their stories talk about like watching them on the table in the operating room like oh shit there's my body
1: yep yeah I think of the I I like the first Dr. Strange movie for topics like this because yeah they actually show how the spirit you know detaches from the physical form and how aware you are of everything and So I like that film for those reasons. And they do talk about energy and how it works and how everything's woven through space time, how we think of it. But so people subscribe to a faith or belief in something. And sometimes that's out of fear of uh, what's going to happen to me when I pass from this life. And I would say that, you know, Eastern religions are quite different in their philosophical teachings about an afterlife, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And then Western religions are more, um, you know, direct about saying like, this is what's going to happen to you if you're a bad person. And so I know growing up in Catholicism, like we always talked about, if you're not this, then you're a sinner,
0: and mm-hmm. I just Very contrast, a, right?
1: yeah, yep. And I mean, even something as simple as taking birth control is considered oh a mortal mortal sin. And that was something I couldn't understand. Like, why would reproductive health make you a sinner? And for them, it's um, you know, inhibiting the seed of life, essentially. And for those and, of
0: us who've gotten pregnant while in birth control, the state of life is going to happen when the state of life wants to happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's sorry. Um, I guess there I were spinning. just <laughs> there were just things that um, that felt very. They just didn't make sense to me. I would say in some cases they felt extreme and. And I'm not sure what the early church was like, right? I know that the Bible has been changed quite a bit over time. And we do know for a fact that it was changed at certain periods of time for for political reasons, for um, having more power behind the Mm -hmm. words and controlling large populations based on, quote unquote, the word of God. So that's even how much
0: they dumbed down and like, discredit astrology when astrology is older than that shit
1: well the three kings they were you know
0: they were wise
1: men who were astrologers who knew how how to be where they needed to be they (laughs) all knew the stars back then yep yeah so they were uh mystics who practiced these old ways of knowing and that had been dumbed down for sure like They they were not credited as the astrologers and mystics that they actually were. And I
0: think gradually teaching people to trust less on their, less of their own intuition and more on the the leadership of the church. Well, that's These are the people who can pray for you. These are the people who can intercess on your behalf. Right. Um, These are the healers. Yeah.
1: And if you had things that came to you, you had to be careful because that may be the devil or the demons like influencing you right so you not being able to go inward and listen to your true essence the uh that spark of knowing deep within you was you were not to trust that 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 if you did open up to that you were opening up to all kinds of bad yep all (laughs) kinds of bad stuff that could come into you don't
0: yeah don't do your tarot cards because
1: they're evil and they're from the devil. I think I told you, um, when I started to do Reiki practicing energy healing and then helping people using my intuition and my mom thought I was, she's like, you know, you're, you're doing what they say in the Bible is, is evil. Like that's the devil's word. Like, yep. And it's and I just people are healing. (laughs) And I just I had to sit and talk with her about it. I know, right? At first, it was it hurt my feelings because I I felt like you've known me for thirty five years. Do Mm. you think that I'm an evil person? Do you Mm -hmm. think I would knowingly and willingly try to hurt somebody and manipulate them? Do you think I'm calling
0: in evil? No, I'm
1: calling in love. And then (laughs) once I could get beyond like hurt feelings. I just sought from her perspective of what she's known her whole life, yeah. what she's been taught. And um, you know, she's been taught to trust something outside of herself for answers as opposed to what's within herself. So I can't blame her for right. what she said to me. And in fact, I just said, you know, do you think that I'm hurting people by helping in this way? And she said, no, I see that there are people that feel better after they work with you and they feel more peaceful. And I said, okay, then, you know, perhaps we need to think about it as this is what Jesus was trying to teach us to do. This is
0: what Jesus was doing. Jesus was literally doing Reiki.
1: (laughs) Yes. He was using universal life force energy and he was so amazing at it. He, and he said repeatedly his words, you know, in the Bible, Everything that I am, you can have this and more. He just wanted to teach us how to do it. Yeah. So, wow. I don't know how far into the weeds we've gotten in this discussion, but
0: your (laughs) background
1: with the church is fascinating and also traumatic. So I'm sorry that you've experienced these things. Well,
0: it was a positive experience. There was a lot of positive experiences in and through that. Mm-hmm. So I I'm not discounting the great things. Yeah. But like an abusive relationship, you're also like, by the time you get out of it, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Why didn't <laughs> yeah. anybody tell me? Yeah. <laughs> Why so- didn't anybody tell me that this was unhealthy or that they were preaching boundaries and yet there were no boundaries? Or yeah. like my boyfriends to church, and they would literally joke call me the dating evangelist and say I worked <laughs> in the men's ministry. And it was all a joke, ha, 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 ha. Mm -hmm. But as soon as like my, I'm telling one time, my boyfriend got a check for 10 grand from his grandpa and the church was immediately
1: like, oh, give us your 10%. It was like, wow. That's really bold. That's, that's like, no, mind your own business kind of thing out of my wallet. (laughs) Yeah. That's weird. That's weird
0: it's really weird and it's just you know yeah so I got stories I got stories and I know like stories like leaders and hosts of different bible studies it's like and being a part of oh we don't talk about the the heavy shit that happened in the church of like the sexual assault and like shit Mm -hmm. like that and how stuff gets swept under the rug and how people get forgiven instead of prosecuted and have people get forgiven instead of arrested. And yeah, that's really,
1: it's, it's sad.
0: It's a, it's, that's why I'm saying it's an out of touch reality. And just, an, if you're just attending as a churchgoer, you might not even realize that this shit is going on because right. you're like, you're attending the show. You go, there's music, there's a, a sermon, you say hi to people, you go eat lunch, you go home. Mm-hmm. But the people who are there behind the scenes working it, listening to the conversations at the church meetings at the pastor's house for church meetings, like part of the family that goes on, you'll see how toxic and disgusting most of the dynamics because there's very little accountability. And when you start a church, you can be this, this saved sinner with a fucking rap sheet leading hundreds and thousands of people because that's part of your story mm-hmm. that you got saved and you're no longer this awful person. Now you're preaching Jesus to a bunch of other vulnerable people who,
1: you know what I mean? It's just very like, um, yeah. The vul- <laughs> yes. And the vulnerability piece I think is definitely there, which, you know, which is what I was trying to ask you earlier about you know, what was happening in your life that led you in Mm -hmm. to that, you know, to enter into that, because a lot of people do seek out some sense of security or answers or solace or comfort. And that can be in a religious faith, Mm -hmm. in an organization that that welcomes you. Sales and marketing 101 is
0: you find their pain point and you sell them a solution. (sighs) Okay. So if somebody is doing great in their life, they're financially killing it. They have self-confidence, self-worth. What benefit is church going to add to their life at that point? If they're not already going to church, Yeah, you don't get saved when your life is already fucking good.
1: Mm -hmm. You get saved when shit hits the fan. Right. Or if you just have like this fear of what's going to happen to you when you die, problem, solution,
0: problem, solution. Oh, you fear dying. Well, don't worry with Jesus. This is your solution. Mm -hmm. Oh, you fear not raising your kids. Right. Well follow the Bible. And this is how they're going to be raised. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't raise my kids with the Bible. And like, I talk about this with I was telling earlier, like so, my friend she married somebody who they were missionaries, so they would travel the world, and they lived mm-hmm. in all these different countries, lived in all these different places. The church thought this was a great idea to send a couple of nineteen and twenty year olds in their first year of marriage out to communist China to go serve in missions and house these people in their home, like these aren't businessmen they're hosting. These are like, like
1: -hmm. when you're a
0: missionary, who knows what the fuck you're walking into and you're across the world on a different time zone. So if something goes down and you need help, are you really safe and protected by the blood of Jesus? (laughs) In so many words, like it. So it's just like very interesting, the different, it's not just me. It's many people in my life have these crazy stories of how much being a part of the church was more damaging than good well to their psyche yeah
1: and their mental health it's yeah. interesting too because if something doesn't resonate with you like like in her case they were asked to go halfway across the world to do this when they were so young and if that didn't feel good to them you know I'm sure that they felt a sense of obligation and guilt like if I speak up and say something then what's going to happen. Um, and so like, even that piece of it is if, if I don't do this, am I not a good person? Am I not good in God's eyes? So that whole level of, um, shame and guilt and fear is, is really powerful. And, and I think it serves it well in any aspect of your life, even outside of religion, those feelings totally detach us from the truth within ourselves and shame and guilt you can't shame and guilt a confident person
0: you cannot shame and guilt somebody so solid in their foundation that they know the truth exactly you can't manipulate them because they're like no this is my what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. what the fuck are you talking about i'm a sinner by the way i'm born what tell me how
1: how is what i'm doing a sin
0: and then we watch people crumble So it's, it's predatory. It's predatory.
1: I mean, what is sin, right? Like what is sin? I don't even know what sin is. I feel like in all the reading that I've done regarding um, hypnotic regression and exploring, exploring discussions of people who are in the space between lives, when this Mm. topic comes up of, of sin, what is good, what is bad, what has come up consistently is that there's only choice and then there are consequences to choices and those consequences can be, um, can affect you or other people. And does that create an imbalance in the energy? That's how it's talked about. So do you cause pain and suffering to another person based on the choice that you make? If so, Then you're held accountable for it in terms of rebalancing that later on when you pass out of your body and enter into a new iteration where you have to, uh, this is why they talk about karma, like good karma, bad karma. It's just karma. It's just a rebalancing of the energetics. I did this and it caused pain and suffering. So now I have to experience from the other side of it. So I know how to be deep in my compassion and forgiveness of self based on how I feel having the same thing done to me. So we're experiencing the same thing. That's how it's consistently talked about um, in the realm of regression and people reporting back like, there is no sin. It's just choice. And are you choosing from a place of love or are you choosing from a place of fear and from a place of love? You, uh, the pain and suffering that results from that is far less than when you choose from a place of fear. So it's fascinating. Like they don't talk about sin. Yeah.
0: And when I do mediumship readings, people just show me their religion as a part of their character accessory. This was this this was their belief system while they were here on earth.
1: Yep. And it and it is really it does it's interesting how it provides people um comfort and Mm -hmm. a sense of knowing and relief, right? And certainty. I'm doing this so I know that good things are going to happen to me when I uh, progress on from here okay well if you need that in order to be a kind generous charitable caring compassionate empathetic person use discernment on which club you're joining that's all exactly just like what you need to do yeah just like anything in life
0: yeah i totally and that's a church word i learned discernment so the mm -hmm. irony of discern learning how to learning about discernment well isn't that
1: one of the gifts of the holy spirit yeah, But able to, it's to
0: differentiate, right. Yeah. And, and tell truth from it's your intuition. It's your intuition. <laughs> it's your fucking intuition. Let's just call it what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so we're all born
1: with that, by the way.
0: <laughs> so that's why I just like to look at people like you're a fucking human being, you're mm-hmm. a human being yes. and your consciousness and your thoughts create your reality. Mm-hmm one way shape or form yeah your intuition is your intuition if you want to call it gifts of the spirit when you're inside the church but call it your intuition when you're outside of the church Mm -hmm. you want to call it energy you want to call it vibes like yep fucking well call it like that's it is what it is
1: yeah the labels are irrelevant actually
0: the labels are we always talk about this the labels are for the human mind the human mind needs to categorize and label things in order to identify and organize in the mental file cabinet of where it belongs mm-hmm. basically yeah. and when I talk to dead people <laughs> that sounds so weird when I talk to dead people they show me or even a meditation how it is the act of faith because it's the belief and it because it's the quantum mechanics of it mm-hmm. that that's what creates the so reality. yes prayer is mm-hmm. real because it's quantum on a quantum level happening when you're yeah. praying you're yes. sending things into the quantum field, not because it's, you're only praying to Jesus
1: because there are cultures for thousands of years who have prayed to other people who have their prayers answered. Yes. It's <laughs> yes. It's the, the act of sending up an intention with, with very potent feeling behind it. That is prayer. Mm-hmm. And that is prayer. Meditation, I always equate to is listening for the answers, which is, you know, I say meditation
0: is shutting the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Listening, waiting (laughs) for the
1: answer, and receiving. Yeah. I, I, this is kind of a little bit of an aside, but I'm totally binge watching the show Lucifer right now because it's funny and also fascinating. And if you're not familiar with it, it's about the devil taking a vacation from hell and coming up to to live in LA for, to have like, you know, a human life, different
0: kind different
1: kind of hell in LA. (laughs) Yeah. So, so it's really fascinating. I don't know. It's fascinating because he continuously makes reference to hell, like people being so afraid to go to hell or whatever. And he's like, you don't understand hell isn't a place that you're condemned to because you do bad things. It's a place that you go to because your guilt brings you there. And then you live oh, it. That's out. a low vibrational. You live it out over and over and over again for millennia. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things about the show that I don't resonate with because um, of how they set it up and like what the structure of, of how things work are heaven and hell, whatever, but the show is quite entertaining. The idea though, that, you don't actually go to hell for the actions you do. It's you go to hell for based on how you feel about the way you've lived your life. So it's totally your own doing. Like that's when people be like, so you're
0: telling me Adolf Hitler isn't in hell. Was he remorseful? over his shit he did like I don't you know is he a soul having a human experience like
1: so the way that
0: you know like I get those kind of questions too and it's like yeah well
1: well, in the way that I say would say it is that well when Adolf Hitler passed from his physical form he was shown a review of his life and at that point at the soul level since we all come from love he would be reflecting deeply uh-huh. on what he, like the, what his actions caused for others, pain and suffering. And
0: so, what I see also when you're talking is how it wasn't just a life review of what was currently going on, but how that was going to affect generations moving forward and how everything. that wave affected everything. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of stuff. So that's how I see stuff. When I tune in, Is like, well, they reviewed their life. they, Yep. They had the chance this time to see what they got right and what they got wrong and what they're going to have to come back
1: and do. Right. And what an opportunity, right? So, but I mean, to think about that, knowing that when you pass, you're going to be shown all the moments of your life and cringe. how you lived it. Yes. Oh my cringe. God. Exactly. Like I think about that I did now that now like, when I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. Like, oh man, oh. I totally hurt that person's feelings. And so
0: you know, and I'm already I'm so sorry. Like I, I start sending mental apologies to people when those yeah. all in I'm like, Oh God, I'm
1: so sorry for doing that or saying and that or I even, feel this way. <laughs> I even go as far as thinking like, okay, I could, you know, really make amends while I'm still here and conscious of it. And really with a pure open heart, just, you know, take be accountable for how, you know, big or small, I might've hurt someone. Does that then change your, like your life review? Like, do you feel a little bit better because you, you did what you needed to do to rebalance that energy without having to do another life, you know, and maybe. subsequent, right? Like I think or about those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, maybe,
0: or it's maybe it's again, I always see it, the intention behind things. So am I making amends because I don't want to do this again, or am I making amends because I truly felt bad and oh, I truly absolutely
1: right? I mean, I think that's all part of the self-reflection that occurs for, yeah. for each individual. For me, it's this realization at ironically or not, as I'm working on myself deeply, right? Doing a lot of inner work, doing a lot of healing of myself. I'm thinking about other people that I've had interactions with in my life when I was less conscious of my own self and doing things out of unconscious awareness and potentially things that are really hurtful. So I'm thinking of those things like, oh wow, I see it now from a different perspective. And I could make amends and and that would probably make everybody feel better, right? That would probably bring some relief. So that's what I mean by it. Like as you do this self-reflection, you start to think about all these events in your life that um could could go very differently now versus what it was when you were still, you know, unaware or really immature in your own emotional self and your own spiritual self. But um, okay. What does it mean then to, well, what did deconstruction look for you? So you've had this experience with a couple of different religions and communities. Okay. So, which ironically,
0: the name of the church used to go to was new community. <laughs> How funny. So bless that time, bless their heart, bless that time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, Deconstruction or getting jumped out for me, <laughs> blood in, blood out, um, was so like any group or community, whether it's a sports league or whether it's anything, you first stop attending their weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. You stop going to, um, so that, like I said, because I had moved, that's what naturally had happened. And I had, uh, so that was first for me. It was like, okay, I stopped going to church and I was still kind of casually listening to church podcasts and stuff from afar. Cause I was into that well before I, it was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I was still getting the word, but once I started listening to quote, um, what's the word when it's like, um, secular music, yeah. So, so you stop going to the muting me- the meetings, you start listening to secular music and realizing um, you know what, I'm gonna listen to some Pac today and I'm not gonna go to hell over it. <laughs> um you start doing things that bring you joy and feel good. Yeah. That's what I did was starting to focus on like, you know what? Meditation's not from hell, mm-hmm. meditation's not from the devil. I'm not doing anything evil. Uh, and I was like, Oh, and you know what? I actually really like yoga too. And that's something that wasn't supposed to be good for me as a Christian. Um, yeah. So I started to kind of do the things Oh, And the biggest thing for me, God bless started smoking weed again. <laughs> that was, that was the biggest exhale of the 10 year break I took from smoking was like, why didn't I Resume this sooner I missed it I missed this plant I missed Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I missed everything about my quiet time that I had to myself this within this ritual of grinding rolling smoking sitting contemplating my life internally I was literally processing and meditating yeah and so uh started doing that but without the guilt and shame attached to it and a little bit by little bit, telling other people from the church, yeah, I smoke. Yeah, I smoke. And then being like, oh my God, me too. And then you're like, come on, let's hang out. Totally. It was gradual for the undoing part of it. And then getting to reform my new traditions, redo my friendships and our mm-hmm. connections. And now making sure they're not, I'm, I'm not staying connected to these people only because we go to the same Bible study every week. These are right. people in my life because I actually want them to be in my life.
1: Right. These being really in touch with your authenticity.
0: Being very intentional about who and what I let into my life and who I let influence mm-hmm. what they say to me. And that might be like a little echo chamber ish because I also know like when I was in church, I kind of was in a in a certain bubble that way too. Um, but now the people that I Receive truth from are from various backgrounds it's not just church people saying this this and this right um but the biggest thing too is trusting how strong my own intuition is yes agreed huge 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 like if i had somebody from anywhere. Tell me right now, you're not really talking to dead people. I know in my heart, all the people I have helped Mm one-on-one to be able to say,
1: fuck you. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's too many things that come across that validate your experience. (laughs) Totally. Yep. And I will never let any
0: group person especially a person who doesn't know me and know what I do personally, I will never let them judge or dictate what I do and calling me evil and mm-hmm. saying what I do is wrong because who the fuck are you is mm-hmm. my mentality. Who are you again? Who, do you pay my bills? Do you help these people? Do you talk them off ledges every week? Mm-hmm. Do you, talk to their dead people while you're trying to lay in bed at night and their fucking grandpa won't leave you alone till you deliver a message no <laughs> i'm doing it i'm doing it i'm doing it okay so i will never ever ever let somebody tell me well you need jesus blindly ever again or that kind of bullshit where i'm like you don't know me or know anything i've ever been through so don't throw a fucking bandaid on me saying just because, Oh, that's the other thing. When people find out I'm divorced. Oh, I'm so sorry. Bitch. Fuck you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like they have you know, no idea what you you're you no know. idea.
0: Yeah. Why, what do you feel sorry for? I know you want him. You want to get back. You want that marriage? No, that marriage came together on the guise of, I was going to burn in hell or you know, die from lust within my heart because we were having sex before marriage. Like I felt like I had to get married fast
1: because of this bullshit. mm mm-hmm. So much shame and guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Shame and guilt. And from, from a Reiki perspective, Okay. So you're de- going off. <laughs> no, that's okay. So your deconstruction very was gradual, but yes, you are passionate and you are still healing from this as you like very, forge your way forward. Very so nice we, sh- we should, we should add that in too. like, when, when you're transforming, it's very natural to be angry and, and passionate and outspoken about the, the place where you were and how, you feel like you weren't able to be authentic or you didn't allow yourself to be authentic. And then as you're going into this stage of more authenticity and stronger inner truth and knowing yourself at such a deep level, it's. I think it's a very natural progression of like, wow, this is what I've been through and this is what it showed me and now this is where I am. And yeah, some of that can be anger. And- The other
0: thing that I know we wanted to bring up was making sure that just because you fall out of this particular, whatever group you were in, whatever Mm -hmm. you identified with, right? That you don't have to jump into anything else that looks like spirituality for you. You don't have to buy the crystals. You don't have to. Go and get your mandala tattoos. You don't have to go and wear your boho fucking dress, like, <laughs> like for real. There's, do not jump from one thing to another identity.
1: Yeah, to that's find that's
0: not you. what it's about. Yeah, that's nope. not what it's about.
1: Yep, I agree with you one million percent there. Like, I
0: make these gang jokes, like references, let in, let out. Like, you don't jump, get jumped out of
1: one gang and go straight to another gang, <laughs> like.
0: Just give yourself some time to yourself. Yeah, but,
1: but I would say that for a lot of people because of the lack of trust in themselves and the lack of knowing themselves at a deeper level that it's very easy to go from one, one extreme to another or from one group to another find, trying to find identity. Um, I th- I would say it probably happens way more often than is healthy. And really, you know, for me, deconstruction has been a long process because I realize how ingrained this is, not just from a religious perspective and being exposed to it from birth, but like from a family perspective and a cultural perspective, there's all of these elements that these layers that are interwoven that you know when it happens at such an early age you really don't have awareness of how it affects you until you're really digging in deep to yourself yep and why you like why you do the things you do maybe you have some you know unhealthy patterns and you're starting to investigate them and if you go back far enough it's usually i'm not good enough or i'm afraid of abandonment or whatever and some of that can be tied back to messages that were received of we're not worthy of God's love, we're all sinners, we're, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that kind of thing. So for me, deconstructing has been a process of uh absolutely needing and wanting to know myself better. And I had some very big questions that were not being answered. They were consistently not being answered. So I went searching for other ways to answer them. And as I did that, it led me, I had to really open my heart to it too, right? Because when you're raised a certain way, you think that's all there is. And then you mm-hmm. feel guilty. It's very in. black or white. Like you're yes. either a Jew
0: or a gentile, baby girl. Like <laughs> yes, you're a Christian or not, right?
1: Like um so it's there's a lot the of
0: way. We're gonna you know send you <laughs> off to camp. We're gonna
1: Do all these things to change who you are. There's so much guilt and shame in that process of stepping away. And it's it's not that you've fallen by the wayside and lost your way. It's I'm choosing to find myself more and who I am in the context of all of these things. How do all of these other things help inform me more about who I am and answer questions so for me deconstruction was really like and I'm trained as a scientist right so like I did I did a fuck ton of research is what I did I read a ton of books I talked to all kinds of different people I tried out different like churches and temples all with these questions and really what I found was in order for me to understand all of this I needed to understand myself. I needed mm-hmm. to go within. I needed to really get in touch with my intuition in a solid way, my inner knowing. And once I did, and that was a long process too, you know, we're going on like my my second awakening to all of this happened in grad school. Right. So almost 20 years ago. And once I started to realize I started having these very mystical experiences. I started having departed loved ones apparate in front of me. I would have these dreams that were very um, prophetic. And the more I would go down that pathway of just asking curious questions, the more I had shown to me about how much bigger it all is. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that religion, faith, Religion is just a small slice of this huge ass delicious pie, right? So just a small slice. And yeah, so my deconstruction, and then actually when I started to really get into meditation in a dedicated manner, I started to get a lot of insights and information and um, discernment. About what is true and what isn't for me. For you. For me. Yep. And when I initiated into Reiki and started working with energy in a hands on way, everything just amplified. And that energy, when you're working with that universal life force energy, which we all are capable of, you start to really feel your connection to. The universe to the cosmos to the i am to creator and it is a direct line it's no longer needed to go into a temple or a place of worship um you can because the energy within those places can be beautiful and and amplified but I found it was no longer necessary for me to do any of that, except to go into this temple within me and, and connect directly. Right. And then with Reiki energy, you know, one of the things that it does is that such pure unconditional love energy that your soul fabric is made out of It really works on those feelings of guilt and shame and fear. And as a result, you start to heal that religious um, trauma. It lifts the fog.
0: So that's what Reiki did for me was Reiki lifted the fog over everything in my mind and my whole being and my whole way of living. And it basically just like, it sifted things. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it sifted, all the heavy, chunky things and, and showed me, um, where I was able to observe things a little bit differently and realize, uh, my biggest question that I would always ask myself while deconstructing, who told me this? Yes. Where did I learn this? Yes. And why do I believe this?
1: Yep. And I feel for me, my experience really working on religious trauma Um, and again, this is not everybody's case, like circumstance, but it it was for me, the guilt and shame, especially like we, that is just inherent in the dogma of the teachings that you're not worthy of God's love, but we are like, we are part of creator. So when you can realize that, then you can let go of that guilt and shame in any of that, um, obligation or feeling not worthy and with working with that. And I would say working just within your own heart with any kind of love, unconditional love energy, it doesn't have to be Reiki because side note, there are a whole lot of people that think Reiki is evil. hmm yeah. Just like yoga. Oh yeah. Cause yoga, and-
0: remember? Yo- yeah. Yoga is yep. evil.
1: Cause yep. stretching your body and
0: breathing is so evil. <laughs> yeah. Downward dog. Oh my God. Put your ass in the sky. Jesus does not like asses <laughs> in the sky.
1: <laughs> yes. Cat cow. Oh, you're definitely going to hell with a cat cow. <laughs> that arch is too good girl. Yeah. going to be a just, little whore. Well, and so yoga, <laughs> yoga is interesting, right? Because Westernized yoga is about stretching and mobility and flow and, um, nervous system regulation, but yoga in its traditional sense is about aligning the body's energy, the body's spirit with the physical form and getting it to flow the way that it was meant to flow and to harmonize. Which um, some people would argue that's also what Jesus was trying to teach was how to be so in like in tune with yourself that you could. <laughs> I, I googled. Sorry, I googled as yoga evil and I'm reading one of the answers. <laughs> I mean, it, there's. I'm so like, sorry. There's some really interesting perspectives based on people's beliefs, which some are very heavily rooted in fear. Okay, may I. Yes, when,
0: please. I think everybody needs to know how evil yoga is. The danger of yoga is that when you unlock the chakras and eventually reach the seventh chakra, you will be taken captive by demons. Whether you want to or not, you have invited them yourself and have given them access to your life and they accepted your invitation. Now that they have entered your life, they will take over and control your life.
1: So wow, yoga... Wow. I didn't know that, you know. Well, but most people don't realize that everyone has a crown chakra and most people are <laughs> wide open because they are connected to something bigger than themselves. Like that's yeah. that's like connection back to home. I'm like, right? everyone just needs
0: <laughs> to run their human design chart too and just see like yeah their current their whole head if it's wide open or not oh that's
1: my goodness that's so funny to me
0: that is hilarious and you will so does that mean I'm gonna stop doing yoga because I guess if you're demon possessed do you still do yoga after that <sighs> or do you do more yoga <laughs> <laughs> I would do more but <laughs> I would do more yoga <laughs> Sorry.
1: oh it's okay I just I have to laugh I I mean what else can you do? Like, it doesn't serve us to get angry about it. It doesn't serve us no. to try to convince somebody out of their beliefs because honestly, and realistically, all pathways lead to the same end. We are here having a human experience. Mm-hmm. However, that needs to happen. We will pass out of these costumes we're wearing and we will Literally. Have, yeah, we will have awareness. We all go to the same place and get reoriented again and get debriefed and get, and we like, you know, get to see it's how the well we line. did.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're on the sidelines reviewing the footage. Literally yeah. what's, what's there to be confused play about Play by that? play
1: footage. <laughs> play by play with like playback, uh,
0: yeah. here, run let's it in pause. reverse let's pause and let's right watch here. it. <laughs> let's watch it one more time again and again and again, just like on ESPN, like, let's just, let's run that back. Yeah. And then let's turn it into a meme.
1: Oh, it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So deconstruction for me was really the journey inward and asking deep questions. And honestly, you know, people ask me, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Like as in, in faith terms and very honestly, I tell them I do, but it is a very Mm -hmm. different relationship with him now than it was when Mm -hmm. I was going to Mm -hmm. church and I see him, And experience him as a very warm, loving presence who is there to teach and yep. yeah, and heal. He helps facilitate
0: healing. And he, he almost is like the, the middleman mm-hmm. when I'm working on or with certain people, if that's how they connect in, yes. it's just, but I yep. don't,
1: yeah. I had, I have to yeah. tell you this experience. <laughs> and I think some of the listeners will really find this powerful. This happened a couple of weeks ago for me with a client of mine who has been a long client, longtime time client of mine, she sees me every three weeks or so. And she lost her son, one of her sons passed away about a year ago. So we work through a lot of grief in our sessions. And when we we start our session with specific prayers and intentions, because she likes to do that. And I always set intentions for sessions for healing. Um, but she's very, quiet. Like she says those in her head. And I just started working on her. And within like five, six, seven minutes into the session, I had this presence, like come into the room, like swoop into the room. And it felt to me, well, I, I see, I'm being careful with my words and I'm just going to out myself. I know. I know when Jesus shows up, he feels a certain way. And he usually shows up for me when he has to teach me something very specific about energy in the body and, or when he's specifically connected to the person I'm working with. So he comes frequently to aid in healing and he's really wonderful to work with. He showed up right away and it was with such like charisma and like abruptness. I was like, oh, okay, we're, something's going to happen. And then he was teaching me how to do some stuff that I had never seen before in a body. And so I was Ooh, learning. That's interesting. It was very interesting. And then I had four more beings come into the room and they were like 20 feet tall. And those are angelics. They always show up as these 20 foot tall pillars of light. And mm. those, those guys- Don't show up very often in sessions that I do. I'm connected to other types of beings, but they were the four big ones four big archangels. So Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel, and they took different positions around her body and they were holding space. They were holding like a grid space as I was working. So that was fascinating to me. So we just worked. I got really hot. There was like some really powerful energy coming through. And when we finished, they all exited and she said to me, was there anyone that showed up that I need to know about? And I was like, Oh, she's probably talking about her son. Cause sometimes he comes through and I okay. said, well, he didn't come through, but I did have some other beings show up and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I hope that's okay. And she, <laughs> she said, that's By good. That's good. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, sometimes I have This is going to sound strange, but sometimes I have, uh, Jesus will show up when we're working specific things with healing. And she just was like, oh my goodness. And I said, yeah, there was like some stuff I had to do in your body and it was stuff I'd never done before or seen. So, uh, he was teaching me and she just started leaking out of her eyes. And she said, Shannon, I asked for him to show up to help me in my session today. And I was like, wow, well, he came and she was just so overcome, she was so (laughs) overcome with emotion. And me, I'm standing there like, holy shit, that's amazing. Like you called him and he came and we were able, we were all able to work together when you're healing. And then Mm. I said, but there were four other beings and they were the four major archangels. And she's like, oh my God, I asked them to show up too and to stand at my head, my feet, and on either side of me, and I was like, oh, "Get the fuck oh out!" That's God. how they were. They were in a grid pattern around. That is so cool. <laughs> so she was really overcome, and you know, it was a really amazing experience for me too. There's not a day that goes by when I'm doing this work that I'm not blown. Like my mind isn't blown in some way. Mm-hmm. But that was super powerful for both of us, and for her especially. Just knowing, like. She called on these beings for support and they came in a very loving way. She did not tell me that she did this until I told her, well, this was kind of strange, but this happened. And she's like, oh my God. That's cool. I asked for it. So cool. my relationship with Jesus is very different, but it doesn't mean it's religious. It's it's a very teacher student. Open heart, compassion. He has wisdom to share. Why not mm-hmm. ask him for it? Mm-hmm. And, he's, why, and he's tapped in,
0: tuned into that energetic field that we need to facilitate healing. And so it's like absolutely. What up?
1: I know. just like, there you go. There's my secret. Like there's some, my sorry,
0: sorry. I idolized you for so many years. I didn't know any better. Well, and
1: he, he came through with a very special message too. That was, I think just as much for me as it was for her. And he kept saying over and over again, it is so much bigger than just me. Yeah, that was okay.
0: So that was another really big thing that, kept coming to me in meditation while I was going through that process of my awakening um, was just how much I had put this entire thing, including labeling God as God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how incredibly limiting it was yes. and how I was putting everything in a box and containing it within this, these parameters
1: mm-hmm. when
0: I was continually being shown like, no, no, no is bigger than this. Mm-hmm. It is bigger than this. You only see just the tip, yeah. <laughs> and you only see parts that the light of hit. Mm-hmm. You haven't even seen parts that the light hasn't hit yet. Just wait.
1: Yeah. It was really, it was really lovely for him to say, like for him to say about himself, it's so much bigger than just me. So he really wanted this woman to understand that this existence is far greater than what we have conditioned ourselves to believe and that we have to open our hearts to it in order to experience it. Otherwise um, it doesn't exist if we can't open ourselves to it. So yeah, it was really, it was really powerful. And at this point in my spirituality, I do what feels resonant for me. And I know that you do as well. Mm-hmm. It's so important to, you know, and some people would be like, well, you just pick and choose, you know, the good parts of certain things. And I'm like, no, yeah. I listen to myself. I listen to my intuition. I'm connected yep. in to the higher levels. I and, get messages from all different things yeah, in
0: different ways.
1: And that's a level of truth. That's really important and totally underrated, right? Like totally underrated. So my spiritually, like my spiritual practice now is okay. Listening to myself, because I know like within me, I'm connected at several different levels and eventually to source. So yeah, you, you listen deeply, you meditate, you go out in nature you quiet your mind and your heart space so you can hear and experience. I practice gratitude and compassion. I read a lot of stuff like people under regression, their reports of the spirit realm, all kinds Mm. of stuff, like anything to help me open as far as I can. Mm. Yeah. Cause all of it is just pieces of what, what is, and what's possible, right? We're never going to understand all of it until we get to the other side, And even then it might take us a number of other iterations till we're advanced enough as souls to have the capacity to understand. So there's that level of learning as well, but I do what feels good to me. I do what feels like truth to me. I do what Mm -hmm. feels, um, resonant and sometimes that's yoga. Um, I even pay attention to like- Evil
0: yoga or regular yoga? I mean, the evilest
1: evilest fucking yoga I can find because I find that to be a good practice (laughs) of my warrior. (laughs) Um, But but if it's hot yoga, it's definitely evil yoga. (laughs) Yeah, but using discernment too. So like somebody who's, for example, somebody who's teaching yoga, maybe they got some shit going on and it's not gonna feel good to learn from them. Whereas yep. somebody else may feel a lot more resonant, or maybe it's about the messages that have to come through any one person. And I know you and I wanted to bring up the topic of like spiritual gurus and, um, you know, not jumping yeah. from one extreme to another. Like it's very easy to get sucked into someone's quote unquote teachings and um, self professed
0: even our position, because we openly talk about spirituality, oftentimes you and I are the main point of contact for somebody in real life who's going through a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And so even the people that we come in contact with, we have to be very careful to be like, Hey, this is what things could be, but this is also personal experience or, Mm -hmm. but you have to feel things out and trust your own intuition on this. Like, yep. It's very, very important that you develop that muscle for yourself. Yeah, that you don't do things just because that's the way Shannon does it or the way I do it know, out of the, blind
1: the, faith. Don't do things out of
0: blind faith. Little chick on TikTok or or Instagram because they got fifty thousand followers. Like this is doesn't mean that that's the new way truth in life. You know, exactly. you, you don't jump from one and bandwagon onto the other without mm-hmm. fully understanding. Like,
1: well. And if you don't know, I would say to anybody going through a spiritual awakening or like deconstructing, uh, from something and then rebuilding their own spiritual practice, I would say, uh, go to therapy, learn yourself. Mm -hmm. I would say have practices that are structured around deep inner reflection, knowing yourself as self as deeply as possible meditation, um, reading about the things that are interesting to you and being very discerning about who you are, uh, attaching yourself to in terms of like a teacher or, uh, following, like there's so many spiritual teachers on social media these days, you have to use so much discernment, um, bits and pieces of it are amazing, but no one person
0: the, the spiritual people that are dressed up in costume claiming their spirituality yet they live their lives in such ways that you're like the fuck like yeah there, there's some distortion like yeah and, and they, we're all on our different journeys we're all on that that's why mm-hmm. I always tell you, have some discernment mm-hmm. have some discernment so you don't think that every person speaking the language
1: yep is yes.
0: truly because all that glitters isn't gold all right. is
1: not gold. Well, and we're human filters of divine information. We're human filters for our soul experience. So no one person is going to have all of the answers and, and all of those answers are, would be absolute. Right. So yes. this is, I fully like the more I reflect on this, I fully believe that a big part of our journey here is to remember how to listen so deeply that we know without Mm -hmm. a shadow of a doubt, what is quote unquote truth for us and what isn't and what to follow, you know, where to be led versus like, uh, getting sucked in somewhere out of fear. Right. So I, I really do believe a big part of our journey is learning how to come back to ourselves in such a solid way that we are fully connected to source and we don't need a guru. We are our guru. Mm -hmm. We are our own teacher, but you have
0: interesting because in church, that is literally, they would talk about people like us and tell us how bad these people were that thought they were their own gods and they thought they wrote this. And I'm like, Oh no, now I finally understand mm-hmm. what
1: they meant. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you, but not like that. <laughs> I think about that. I think about that stuff a lot. Cause I do believe that, you know, there is truth in the Bible, these holy books that are paramount and foundational to big religions there's pillars of truth in them but you have to be able to see and just like with discernment why it's truth and what isn't and what may be like allegory or you know some metaphor or even a manipulation those all those books have been rewritten many times over and shit gets lost in translation
0: Translation, like let's should talk <laughs> about English alone my god you have these pastors and preachers teaching shit that wasn't even originated in English and I'm like if you only speak one language sure all of this is going to make sense but when you come mm-hmm. from a culture of like like I said earlier my grandma spoke like five languages or something like When you understand how shit truly gets lost in translation, how there are no words for certain things in Mm -hmm. English. Yep. You're like, this thing is being used as a means to control mass amounts of people is what is happening.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. Especially in, you know, during the times when, well, the churches in Europe were heavily embed with the political systems, the monarchies, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of manipulation that happened with the words of the Bible. Um, so that's always that's fascinating as a topic. But so okay, so as okay. So we just were preaching, <laughs> we're, we're preaching to our listeners. <laughs> sorry, about no, I'm not why, trying to it, preach. No, no, <laughs> so I'm sorry. just kidding. <laughs> Um, we are, my, we are talking follow-up. about how important it is to, you know, on this, this taking steps to rebuild your own spiritual practice, deconstructing for, from something that no longer resonates or was actually pretty unhealthy for you. Cause that can be the case as well. Um, what are, what are the things that you can ask yourself that will help you um, identify that you do need to deconstruct, or that maybe something wasn't uh, in your best and highest good. And so Mio and I came up with a list of some questions that you could ask yourself as you start to reevaluate your own belief systems and in align based on what feels like truth to you. Yeah, not what we tell you. Mm -mm. So we
0: can sit here and tell you all of our experiences for mediumship and Reiki and all of our past Mm -hmm. experiences that we've done. And she does regressions and we've watched hours and hours and hours of other people's regressions. None of that matters until it's you experiencing things for yourself. Okay. You have to make your own decisions no matter what it is.
1: And I, so I feel like that was the intention of this grand experiment altogether, right? We come in making the agreement that I will find myself and I will know my truth and I will reconnect into source fully aware that I am part of source. I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like that's part of our journey and that's part of my belief system. So I'm not pushing that on yeah. you. <laughs>
0: um okay so the first question was what beliefs were you conditioned with growing up and that also ties into the question I said earlier with who taught me this Mm -hmm. why do I believe this and like where does it come from kind of Mm -hmm. thing so what beliefs were you conditioned with growing up yeah number two what parts of these beliefs did or did not resonate naturally within you So what parts of these beliefs did or did not resonate naturally within you?
1: Mm -hmm. Three, how did it feel to be a part of that? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people. Yeah. How was your experience? Did it feel good most of the time? Did you did you have reservations? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I never, I never liked this us versus them mentality.
1: Yeah. Bullshit, man. the,
0: The need to change people. Like if your organization requires people to submit their entire life and transform in order for you to function and be, be- profitable, mm-hmm. there's something that needs to be reevaluated within that structure, yeah. that yep. that business model.
1: What's the motivation? Because you're there? you're
0: literally dealing with people's lives, their livelihood, their
1: mental health, their mental health, right? And you had made a point of that earlier, like their mental health.
0: Yeah. So that's part of like how things resonate within you, Uh, Mm -hmm. how to feel part of that. Okay, number four, did these beliefs answer your burning questions about life? So Mm -hmm. you talked about they didn't satiate your um, appetite and it did not work for me either. That way I was not okay with, well, that's just how it is or (laughs) blind faith or like you can't tell a fucking Taurus ass person. That's just (laughs) how it is. Like I need receipts, I need concrete proof. Um, And it wasn't until- Doing our little spiritual things mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, spirituality healing is real. Everything that we do, do on a daily basis, that we work with people spiritually, intuitively, like this shit's real.
1: Yeah. It so, is so, I mean, it's, it's it's all real. It's it's all real. real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter yeah. of like your <laughs> perception. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was something that came through in a regression that I had done for me uh, recently where I was asking about a couple of dreams and and like ultimately I was asking because they were very real, lucid and vivid. And so it felt like a real experience. And I was asking like, did this really happen? What do I need to know about this? Like, what do I take from it? And they very plainly said, it's all real. It's all real. You just have to allow your human mind to allow it like Mm -hmm. your human mind has to allow that that's a possibility that it's all real and they went on to describe like more aspects of those dreams and why I was shown them but they like they want us to understand what we experience at the intuitive level it's all real we just have to allow it to be that way without um you know, second guessing ourselves or discounting it because somebody says, well, that's not possible or it doesn't work that way, right? Right. If it's working that way for you, you best pay attention because there's probably something significant in it for you. Um, So part of
0: that as well is start looking into ancient history and cultures Mm -hmm. and beliefs and practices. Doesn't mean you have to do these things, but educate yourself. About how other groups have done things for so long. Yes. And their intentions behind things and why they do things. And just learning culturally about spirituality and their connection into source, you're going to start seeing the commonalities Mm -hmm. in a lot of things. And you're going to start being able to translate the language to be like, oh, they call it this here, but in this one, it's just this.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: oh, okay. I can start to see how energetically this works within. All these different cultures, and we just call it something else. Or yes, with a twist. It's, it's like fucking it, labels. <laughs> it's it's language with an accent. You know. Yep. It's it's the same thing with with an accent. Um, okay. The next one was how did you have something to add to that? No, no, no okay. Good. How did these beliefs affect your mental health and your way of being in the world? This was Huge. what got me out completely and never going back in. I realized that the effect of never feeling good enough or always waiting on God's will, the Lord's will for my life to happen. It put me in a constant state of evaluating why I desire things and then shaming myself for desiring things. And then assuming that I was being either punished or it wasn't his will for my life if those things weren't happening. Right. Um and also the constant state of distress prayers. It like that never feeling enough or good enough or Mm -hmm. it's like it it was not a positive out outcome on my mental health. It made me feel worse.
1: Yeah. In some ways I think it can really reinforce uh, low self-worth and especially like shame or guilt, um, and in how women over history have been viewed and treated in the religious sense is, was also very disconcerting to me. It was very disempowering. And I mean, we already know that the story is about Mary Magdalene were significantly changed and Mm -hmm. the church has finally come out and said oh yeah, by the way, she, what we, what was told about her wasn't actually true. And so that's huge. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. There's yeah. a
0: lot of stuff that, so when, when you let's not even label it as church, let's say any person that comes and says, what I have is the solution to all your problems, that you can only read my book and only my book is truth. And any other book you read after this is not true. Okay. And so what anybody else tells you after you read this book and after you hang out with my friends and you come to my house and you start participating in my parties, you start smoking my stuff. Not literally. Yeah. You're being metaphorical. (laughs) You, you are part of this. Yep. But you cannot believe anything el- anybody else ever says moving forward because they're lying. That's yeah. gaslighting. That is it literally is. gaslighting people. Mm-hmm. Yep. When in actuality, if you go and talk to people smarter than you who have traveled the world and who have studied other cultures and studied history and realized and read stories and books about people who existed at the same fucking time as Jesus. Mm you're not in the bubble anymore. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, like- all these other things were happening at the same fucking time. Like yeah. that's, a fun, that's a fun project. Read about what world history was like leading up to Jesus, when Jesus was here and after he left. Yep. And then tell me if the reality of his reach and what the message was back then was not over sensationalized and hyped up via media when they came to America and started preaching the gospel that everybody had to live by here yeah he, is mass media low-key well, enslavement
1: and, and very and very charismatic uh passionate evangelical like you know personality yeah. is bringing that forward i mean yeah. america was founded by puritans basically so you know people who are seeking religious asylum came to america on a boat because they were being literally persecuted. <laughs> but then they turned around and made absolutely oh yeah that's a whole other can of worms we can open some other time <laughs> yeah that's but like episode. i said it's a very like what you were saying it's a very do, small do your slice. research read
0: your history books
1: learn about
0: things that you were not taught in school and learn about things you were not taught in Sunday school, um, learn the real stories of things. I have and, been, yeah. Yeah,
1: I've, dig, I've, dig, 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 dig. Definitely. <laughs> dig, I have dig. been finding, <laughs> Sorry. there is a series, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that <Dig>. too. <laughs> i <D-I-G. laughs> I've been finding the series Ancient Civilizations on the Gaia streaming, oh, um, I actually, um, streaming app. Yeah, I've been finding that of series Gaia. to be fascinating. So What's it called? It's um, Ancient Civilizations on the Gaia streaming app. I I kind of binge watch it when I can, um, but it's I fascinating. It's so fascinating, and they they take it from like a historical perspective, and they're looking at. Um, artifacts Ooh. and civilizations like the ruins of civilizations oh and... yeah see look even season one talking about the tower of babel and... yeah and it's just very fascinating yeah. and it it's it really also
0: even interesting learning more about tarot and how tied in tarot is into the bible and the yes. characters in it and the stories behind it yes. and I'm, i did an audiobook on every card in tarot and i was like oh shit
1: yeah super this cool. looks like a good show it's, it's really cool. It's kind of got the ancient aliens feel like when you're watching it, cause it's Perfect. like, they set it up similarly, but I do feel like they've done like quality research on, well, they've got a, a number of experts that like their life is doing research on these ancient civilizations and Oh yeah, the so lore and the stories and the history and the artifacts, tying it all together, like ground truthing it too, like going to these places and seeing what's there and just it's cool it's really really neat so that's yeah. one where they talk about like you know the history of civilization and we know this because we have ruins and we have these stories and they talk about the bible a lot as documenting quite a bit but they talk about it from a different perspective of maybe the bible was written this way to uh, perpetuate a certain version of the story that would then be yeah. told over and over and over again as a way to uh, hide the actual truth and so yep. at that point Media. i was like wow <laughs> that is fascinating so very very interesting um very yeah um, what that else? was the last
0: question no that was the last question on our list so it was more so just like looking into the past to see what current, what current beliefs do you hold today that started when you were younger that you mm-hmm. maybe weren't, a re- weren't aware were just, you were born into, because that's the family you're born into and the community you were thrown into. Yeah. Um, so, and then questioning those beliefs and who taught me, do I believe this holding and examining these truths, how they feel in your body, how they feel yeah. in your gut, your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come across these things that you no longer agree with or feel resonate within you, um, it, you don't have to make decisions about how you feel about things. It doesn't have to be black or white or or contrast polarity. You can mm-hmm. actually just like give yourself some space. You don't have to have firm rooted feelings and opinions about every single thing mm-hmm. if it's not affecting you in this moment right now in so many ways. Um, I did put together a list of pages on Instagram that I follow for deconstructing people. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to just throw those out there. So one mm-hmm. is Naked Pastor. Um, he does he's a lot on, of art.
1: Yeah. Instagram, right? Yep. Yeah. I
0: see. That. Yeah. These are all on Instagram. So he's um, on Instagram.com, Naked Pastor. The other girl I follow is Talk Purity to me. I love her <laughs> videos. She's funny. And I think I follow her too. Yeah. Coming out of purity culture is really fucking fascinating because it's, um, if you are a identifying as a, a <laughs> you know, like, uh, God, pure, um, I abstained. And I, you know, if you signed the little purity agreement and wore your little saving yourself from marriage ring, your purity ring, like it's, so interesting to reprogram your beliefs about purity and sexuality yeah and redefining roles and like meeting people who have all kinds of different beliefs and sexuality sensuality partnership and how at the end of the day it really doesn't fucking matter because it doesn't affect you and (laughs) let people be fucking happy (laughs) (laughs) let them be happy as long as nobody's hurting nobody and it's none of your business what they like and how they take it (laughs) none of your business um so the talk purity to me I do like that because uh I'm raising a daughter and I want to make sure like she doesn't think that any man has the control to take her virginity and that Mm -hmm. it is a construct yep Yeah. Your virginity is a myth. Um, the other one is deconstructing purity culture. So again, another one, uh, one that I, that she posts a lot is deconstruction girl. And then there's one called deconstruct underscore everything. Um, there's one that loud deconstructing that loud, that loud deconstructing, deconstructing one. Deconstructing one. There we go. That loud deconstructing one. And then the last one, which is actually the first page I found, <laughs> but they were on a on a pause, was Dirty Rotten Church Kids. And they I had love a that. Too. <laughs> yeah, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. And they I always liked their page because they were making fun of like all the stuff we could relate to in terms of like the Christian music culture. And then like mm-hmm. what Christian songs are really, you know, sound really sexual in nature. And so you kind of laugh because you're like having all these flashbacks to all the music that you have to sing and worship and listen to yeah. and you're like yeah singing jesus come on me is like
1: <laughs> not that <laughs> pure when you think about it like
0: i mean
1: <laughs> jesus <laughs> oh my goodness okay uh, so well yeah is there anything else <laughs> like um Give yourself. Let's let's use some Christianese. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. <laughs> yourself I like that. Some
0: grace.
1: I like that word. And allow. You don't
0: have to have it figured out. You don't have to have a new set of rules mm-hmm. to abide by. To
1: and be curious. Be curious and open. Like you know, ask for the truth to be revealed to you, whatever that means. Like-
0: find your religion. If your religion is love. If your religion is music if you are creator that is a religious spiritual experience mm-hmm. if you are making pottery whatever it is you want to do if you get lost in painting like that is a spiritual experience it is you don't have to go to a retreat somewhere you don't have to go in
1: like I said you don't have to go and start you know you don't have to go do demon yoga
0: you don't have to do demon yoga that's <laughs> going to be fun like extracurricular we should throw that out our retreat we should have like Pasta and complimentary by demon,
1: demon yoga. yoga. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, if there's how yeah. we're going to it. I there's the hell we're going <laughs> to I'm
0: just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Honestly, have fun recreating your spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And then if you have kids, let them create their own.
1: Yes, and let's so, love
0: and not judge them.
1: Yep, that's what to be. That's different. what I'm doing. I, I mean, I, we don't take our kids to church, and uh, we've asked them if they wanted to go, because of course, they're they are great to, kids. Yeah, little demon kids. Like demon kids. <laughs> they have friends though that are, you know, going through religion courses and going to church yeah. every week. And so, so they got are, invited to a camp over the summer. Oh, a church In camp. camp. Sam was like do you want to let her
0: go she needs a little church in her life and I'm like oh my gosh we're send our daughter to
1: church camp like she I mean her being the Pisces and
0: they would recruit her for band they would <laughs> you know. make her be the fucking worship leader for the youth group and
1: but doesn't exploit she exploit her
0: talents but That's she has do. like
1: doesn't she have significant Aquarian placements I'm like remembering yes. that about her so she would Super be thinking-
0: Piscean and Aquarius <laughs> so like I said but she's got so much mutable energy that all it would take is them to be like, oh, "You play the guitar, yeah. You can come in and be in our youth
1: group and every weekend and use, use oh. her up. Well, but Just she like she's up. such a thinker though that she oh I mean, she I mean, push back. Yeah. I I love her because she she her the way her mind works is so fascinating. Um, we did we have offered to take our children to church and my older one, well my younger one he he is so in tune. He's just like, I know I've had past lives, mom. I've dreamt about them. And he's like, I know that I've been with you. And we've talked about that before on episodes, but he's even at nine and a half now, he's even more like um, able to articulate his experiences, which is Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And my older one is like, I don't need to go to church mom. I, I don't really think that there's some guy in the sky that is God like directing everything. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, cool. But he also th- understands that um, other life iterations are a thing that happens. He has, he has clear memory of other experiences he, that he's had, including being in world war II. And yeah
0: surviving that.
1: Yeah. And then dying later. And so it's just, you know, it's, it's just interesting. We do talk about, you know, there are these things that people believe and you get to find out what, what feels good for you. And we're here to answer questions if you have them. And the only thing we can do is expose them to what the possibilities are and see what, you know, feels resonant for them, but in no way would I be like, "No, you can't go explore that." Because yeah, I have taken
0: Zanaya to church when we lived in Venetia, and she went a couple times, and yeah. she she asked like to go back a couple times, but it it wasn't for the stuff she was learning about God she and she Jesus. She liked the cookies
1: after, and there was <laughs> there was
0: it, it was like really cool kids area, and they yeah. had like. You know, good playground, and like mm-hmm. it was arts and crafts, and totally. Um, so there's great things there are. I'm not going to force my kids, like, right? If, and if I, Ezra wants me to take him, but Ezra's my other intuitive one, he's yeah. the one who can see dead people, he can, like, yep. he, he clear audience, you know. So,
1: well, and I, I just I do feel like kids these days are so much more connected, they're like, they're coming in with intact. Uh, cosmic memories like full awareness or partial awareness of who they are and where they've been and like this is kind of weird that we're doing this again and um, so I I feel like they're so much better connected that they may not need that as a form of exploring what's possible or Mm -hmm. finding meaning and I don't want to generalize though but no I get what you mean though yeah I get it I would never want to say to someone, you can't go do that because it's not going to be good for you. When I have no idea what their soul Mm -hmm. has intended for their pathway to awakening. I just
0: just know that after talking to their dad and knowing who my kids are, my kids have so much self-confidence. They're not going to see a a need for church because they don't feel broken they, my kids don't feel like broken little people that mm-hmm. need the salvation of God to save them. They feel like they have great lives. They're blessed. You ask Ezra already. He tells you he's good. Cause he's got great parents. Like oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you raise your, you raise your kids to have to be free thinkers to how do you feel? How's your intuition? Like we're raising our children to be logically minded yet feel things in their nervous system and their body and to trust that balance between head and heart so they can make decisions that they need not saying only people who go to church are broken, battered people. But we talked about it earlier where it's going to be, that's their target market. So we want to talk about sales and marketing. That is their target market. (laughs) They have an ideal clientele. They have an ideal audience and the way my kids are right now I don't see them as being the ones that need acceptance from other people and yes. need seeking that yep. seeking, seeking the acceptance, seeking the unconditional love, because they get that from us at home. They get that at their dad's house. They get that from me. They get that from their family here mm-hmm. and they have a, you know, more so than I, because she's older, but a great group of friends who love and accept her for how she is and what she's into. And, you know, you're not about to tell my 14 year old that she's going to hell because she doesn't believe in Jesus, right? Like that pure little soul. You're going to tell me Ezra's pure little heart. I know. Right. And how, it's just, how loving uh, he, you're going to tell me that is, that is an inherently sinning child that's born with unconditional love and purity in their face. And, Oh, you don't have to teach them to sin. No. But if you're a shitty parent, <laughs> Earth, or if they're in a shitty environment, they're going to adapt and adjust and they're on their soul journey.
1: Yep. You no, know? I had such, Sorry, that was long no, ahead. it's okay. I had <laughs> such going back and forth with my parents when my children were born. Um, they're very close in age, like under two years apart. And when my oldest son was born, my parents, my mom, especially was was very adamant about baptizing him. He needs to be baptized. And I knew that I didn't need to do that for him. And, you know, his dad was like similar. He's like, I don't, we don't need to do that for him. And I kept thinking like, "It's, it's not right for me to choose that for him when he has no say in it mm-hmm. and my mom kept saying it doesn't matter what if something happens to him oh insurance that's and, and, it's and he insurance. dies <laughs> and I'm like so she's like he'll be caught in limbo and I'm like wait a minute be- oh this, like purgatory. this tiny yeah this tiny yeah. innocent who yeah right like no no yeah like I just <laughs> I just, actually, I just really don't believe Look. that that's true. And then I told her, I'm like, honestly, um, you know, she's coming from a place of like conditioning and that's her uh-huh. belief system. Uh-huh. And also being afraid for her, for, for Fear. us, total for, fear-based. Yeah. And I said, you know, I honestly feel like he was baptized when he was born, like being born into this earth plane is an initiation it's a baptism uh, into, yeah, sure, into a whole cookies. learning experience You literally
0: get jumped in your yeah. experience is getting jumped in and it, and it then is when you a, die you finally get jumped out
1: it's a sacred <laughs> journey right and he doesn't need someone to pour water over his head and say a few words in order for god to finally see him as somebody that can be uh, my, yeah
0: or my thing <laughs> is if if God is apparent to us, why would he inherently make us evil and bad? Or why would we be sinners all because Adam and Eve? Like, why? Like, none of it, the <laughs> You've ate the apple. God Eve. damn it. And it. It wasn't even a fucking apple. It was probably a fucking pomegranate or something actually existed i don't know
1: uh, there's probably it's, some fruit
0: we did not even know but anyways it's, it's, it's interesting
1: it was a it was it was a matzah <laughs> it was a matzah so in that show lucifer they have all these characters so like eve makes an appearance the okay first, the first woman created for adam lilith makes an appearance oh, oh my god add
0: this it's, so okay you're telling me about that show on adult swim on Cartoon Network, they used to have a show called Black Jesus. And it was the funniest fucking show I had seen in a very long time because it was this comedian that was Black, that was dressed up as Jesus, and he was Jesus in Compton. (laughs) Oh, perfect. It was so funny because it had the stories from the Bible, but he was in Compton nowadays, but he was Jesus of like... (laughs) It was jesus back then but jesus but i have simple. to watch that it was hilarious i've got you of no motherfucking faith like <laughs> it was right up my alley because they uh, were growing, growing a special special tomatoes and weed and stuff like that special instead tomatoes. Of water and wine so <laughs> the water and wine yeah so anyways sorry i don't know how i got on that but
1: it's okay i think just one more point is that if if y'all are still listening at this point you're amazing right um that this process of deconstructing it's a journey right it's um it's coming back to yourself it's maybe for the first time ever coming into yourself
0: you so it's redefining
1: you yep, it you takes are a literally while.
0: rewriting your character
1: yep and what you believe to be true about how how life works how everything works and And even if you don't know
0: or have the answer the fact that you can be on that quest or be okay with not having the answer yeah you can be indifferent and you're not going to go to hell for being indifferent no you're not going to go to hell for well you won't because it's not real Yeah, that was the thing for me is when I didn't, I had my first mediumship reading and how the first person that came through was somebody that had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you mean this person's not in hell burning? And then my Jewish grandmother came through and I was like, oh, you mean this person also who did not believe in Jesus is not in hell burning? And she's coming through and talking to me and communicating. Got it. Yeah. It was that fast for me. I no longer, I no longer saw things through that lens anymore. Once everything started to like come through for me. So I just encourage anybody else who's on that journey and discovering and redefining, like you don't have to go to the sound bath events. You don't have to do yoga. You don't have to go buy crystals and wear bracelets. Mm -hmm. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you like spending money and you want to spend, you know, three, three grand on a handbag, that doesn't make you less spiritual. Like it means you like nice shit. It's fine. Like Don't let anybody shame you. You redefine. You're not hurting anybody. You just focus on what's going to be high vibrational of love and above what's going to be in your best and highest good. And that is for the best and highest good of everyone in your life so that you can move about the world in a way where you are love, you are light you are inspiration to other people. You are making a difference in people's lives, even if it's just your children, even if it's just your immediate family and friends, yeah. yep. you don't have to do this within the confines of a building. You don't have to do this with a backup plan of having a church over you to approve of a Bible study, um, to be under their leadership. Like if you want to have a fucking book club at your, your house and talk about healing and the body keeps the score, then you go have your book club and do body keeps the score and you uh-huh. do group therapy and you do things that make you happy. So you don't need anyone else. You don't need anyone else. This is you. This is your personal human experience. You you save yourself. Save yourself. You you make your life. You write in your character. Mm -hmm. This is you creating your character and creating the storyline of your life. So how do you want the next half of your life to go?
1: Yeah. And don't forget to ask your guidance team for help. (laughs) Because Yeah. They are very present and can help you with all these questions too, as you're moving through it. And was, one last thing to iterate, reiterate is um, the reminder that whatever you're choosing, are you choosing from love or are you choosing from fear? And that mm-hmm. seems to be a consistent message that I get through regressions and just through own my own meditation. Like, How can I choose from a place of love versus fear? And so that seems to be a pretty good way of living life from what I can see that. But- mm, beautiful. Right.
0: Today, was, yeah. this was good. This was a good, and I think this will help people understand where we come from as well. Mm-hmm. So that when working with us, you know, not just listening, but people who truly hire us out and work with us, they know yeah. we're at a very, a point in our lives where we can truly say we're open. And yeah. not judgmental of rules and the things that you must do, you know. Yeah, the, the ritualistic parts of that's a drag. Dude, be free. If you want church today, go sit outside in the, under the sun and let the sun speak to you. You know.
1: And you know, go if have you with a friend, <laughs> that's, if you've, that's, yeah. if you've gotten this far in our podcast, you'll have come across a couple episodes where we talk about being discerning in the use of your energy and how there are things that you do have to be aware of that you can invite in unintentionally that, that aren't super awesome. So, um, yeah, just using discernment and vibrating at a level where it's impossible for those things to attach to and come, come with you into your space. So, and again,
0: don't be afraid to find a therapist. If you can find one who is spiritually in tune and open to these types of discussions, like that's even better. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who works with energy would be great. Yep. If you can't at least try to find somebody who's got some sort of religious trauma background. And, you know, so you don't want to hop straight into a a therapist that is like, I'm pro blah, 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 blah. And they're going to be proselytizing their beliefs onto you or shaming you for Backsliding or whatever, like so, just using discernment that way. So, therapy is okay. Um, you could always feel free to message or email us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any questions, if you yeah. were on Instagram, Souls and Stardust podcast, or at Mayo Baklini at Gratitude Maven, yep. uh, we always look forward to your questions. Um, I love hearing your stories and your synchronicities, and yeah. I hope you share everything with us it's about like. What happened after you listen to an episode? Like that—that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited for what we do. Uh, is when we get feedback, because then I know we're not just speaking out into the void; people are actually listening.
1: And yeah, taking, that's so
0: taking cool. things into heart. Yep. Um, we are sold out. I believe I have maybe like one deck left, but I'm probably gonna put it to one of my our retailers in person. Um, but sold out of your girlfriend's no bullshit love oracle um if you want to book any readings with us either um recorded virtual or if you are in Wisconsin and want energy work done you can go see yes. Shannon if mm-hmm. you are in Vegas or the San Francisco Bay area um i do group readings and or tarot parties or mediumship parties or um so whatever you need to help facilitate your healing We got you covered. Uh, (laughs) We are your intuitive friends. You know, we're here. We're here to let you know that you're not alone in this. Yes. Yep. Um, You can find us at soulsandstardustpodcast.com. If uh, I mentioned it at the very beginning, but we have our membership that's called the collective. It is 22, 22 a month, and you have access to online courses that we created, which one is about digging into your own astrology birth chart? The other one is about how to create your own Oracle deck, which is the number one question I get when people see that we have created our own deck is, can you please stop and teach me how to make it? I'm Like I have a course for that. Uh, Membership also includes. So any
1: of our episodes can be pre-released. Yep. And readings that we do for the month um, or meditations or light language meditations. Yep. Yep.
0: We have exclusive readings that only go out to members of the collective that we record put onto a private youtube link and then send out to members of our, our um, collective membership and that way they are monthly guides sometimes they're pick a piles. sometimes they're by zodiac um, mm-hmm. we've just been practicing different things and seeing what people like so if you would like to sign up for that please do so souls and stardust podcast.com Leave us a review. We appreciate it. And then just share it with your friends and family. Anyone that you know is going through this.
1: Yeah. Anywhere that
0: you know that is having their awakening and they don't know what the fuck is going on and their <laughs> whole life is is uprooting and, and shifting to the next half of their cycle. Yeah. So we it's are always here. good to have support, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're here. We love you guys. And we will thank you. catch you on the next episode. Yeah. Thank you so much.